Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. O'Connell is not the answer that I thought he was. I mean, I know he's a rookie, and rookies going to make rookie mistakes. We know the cliche, but in the NFL, we've had rookies come in and had instant success, and that's not fair to compare them, compare him to other quarterbacks and things like that, because there's different skill sets, uh, different philosophies, and coaching styles that put these younger quarterbacks in a better position to win. But I don't think, you know, with the NFL, it's a small window to prove that you have talent and you can adjust to the things that you need to get better at. What I seen O'Connell do against Miami was the same thing I seen him do against the Chargers. You know, our defense played good enough to keep the game close, which they did. They played a phenomenal defensive game, if you ask me, as far as uh, as far as a Raiders team. You know, playing against a, a high-powered offensive team like the Dolphins that could put up anywhere between 30 and 40 points a game, to hold them to 20 points um, and a couple of, uh, what, that was a field goal in there, a couple of field goals or something like that. We missed two field goals at that, so it's not completely on O'Connell. Um, it's a thin line between trying to force feed Devontae Adams and making sure you get the ball into your superstar hands at the end of the game, and I get that. But at the same time, man, we are struggling, struggling on offense with O'Connell right now because – he just don't want to get out of that goddamn pocket. When that pocket collapsed, he doesn't know how to get up out of there. And even though we had another opportunity to go down there and score after that fourth down, uh, that missed fourth down conversion, um, it's just not promising, man. And he got a strong arm. Don't get me wrong. That's one of the attributes that I appreciate is that he could fling that thing downfield. He is a bullet. It's a bullet for sure. But the one thing that we always criticized Carr for was getting out of that pocket. And Carr was great at getting out of the pocket prior to his injury. Then after his injury, that's when he started hearing footsteps. So as soon as somebody ran up on him, he buckled, you know. And, you know, Carr is a sm much smaller quarterback than, than, than some of these other quarterbacks. O'Connell, much more of a thin frame but taller, and he just – fumbling interceptions and it, it's, I got to put it I got to put it I'm not putting this on the coach I'm not putting this on Pierce and I don't even know what coach is out there that I will say you know what give him a chance yes Harbaugh they bring him up all the time they brought him up uh the past couple of seasons Jim Harbaugh right and then we know we heard about the allegations with uh you know, with Michigan, we you, you know what's going on with Michigan right now, but still, I don't think that's enough to push him to do to get the Raiders' job unless he wants to get back to, into the NFL, which I wouldn't be mad at. But I want to give Antonio Pierce another chance. We've done this before, where we have these coaches that come in mid-season, they do a great job, 
and then we don't give them a chance to bring in a full season. Now, I know you're saying, well, why don't you just give your quarterback the same type of... I get that. Then I was saying that, like, maybe he needs a chance to come in with the starters, training camp, get familiar with the, uh, you know, get familiar with the starters before the, before the season started, build some chemistry, you know, and things like that. But... <sighs> That's what not that part. I don't have a. I don't have an issue with the issue that I have is him in that pocket. We now we don't have the greatest offensive line. We know that, but there's not too many dominant offensive lines out there outside of a few teams. So it's like it don't matter which line that you're behind. Once that 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 pocket collapsed, bro, get rid of that ball or get out of there. That's all I'm saying. Taking these sacks is hurtful because he don't bounce back from it. But I'd rather take that strip fumble or you just tossing it to the defensive lineman for an interception. You know, so at the end of the day, I think it should be a competition thing. That's for sure. I think I think O'Connell has shown that he can remain a backup quarterback in the in the league. Um before you know, the Raiders are in a position where we need a win quarterback now, or at least a competitive, not a win now, but a competitive quarterback right now. And I'm not sure if O'Connell is there yet, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got to get out of there. He got to get out of that pocket. When we won the game um, last week against the Jets, you seen him move a little bit more. That that pass that he threw to Mayers. I mean, he had to move. He got to get on the move. He didn't He didn't have his feet planted at all. You know, he kind of threw it off balance. Um, so with that said, like, he got – I'm not saying that he's going to have to have a lot of off-balance throws, but, no, you got to gotta extend the play. That's basically what I'm trying to say. We've had that issue with Carr where extending the play was just so goddamn foreign to him sometimes. And the, and the injury, see, with Carr, I give him a pass because his injury – really got to him mentally. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't bounce back off of that injury at all. Has he had some good, you know, games after that? Yeah, sure. But overall, you've seen a change after he snapped his shit, you know what I'm saying, some years ago. And he just he just never recovered from it, you know. But, no, I can't put that on the, I can't put that on the, uh, on the head coach. The head coach put them in a position to win. It's just your, I mean, let's just be frank. Your quarterback is supposed to be your second coach. Or at least he's supposed to be one of the coaches. You know, you got your assistant coaches and you got to have your quarterback who's a coach on the field. Whether we identify him as a great coach on the field or not, that's pretty much your job. You got to be able to read the defense. You got to be able to uh, make the right audibles, et cetera. And I'm not saying O'Connell doesn't do that, but what he doesn't do is make the decision on getting out of that pocket. You know what I'm saying? I understand he has to pay attention to his reads and things like that, but... In the NFL, it's, you got to get that ball up out of there. You got to get that ball up out of there. Now, there was some good football news for me. It's my UCLA Bruins. Walked down to Figueroa Street inside the Coliseum, and we beat SC. Now, let me tell you something. I called all my SC friends. Nobody picked up FaceTime, you know, off the gate. I don't want to talk to your voice. I want to see your face when I'm talking to you, boy. And uh, nobody picked up. Nobody picked up. I I called non-SC fans to see if they would pick up. You know, Penrose picked up. You know, not too many, not not too many cats wanted to, not too many t- cats wanted to pick up the phone, man. Big Mike, OTR, 
you know, he picked up. I had to talk to him real quick because none of the SC fans wanted to talk. Now, I will say this. I'm disappointed in SC. Even though I'm a US, I mean, I'm a UCLA fan, I'm still disappointed. I'm still disappointed in SC because all that rah-rah. Now, a lot of this is going to be me being petty. But some of this is real talk. Like, y'all have a standard to uphold. And y'all haven't upheld that standard for a very, very long time. And I know y'all got hit with some sanctions because of the whole Reggie Bush thing. And you can see how long-term effects, it you know, it's still there. It's still there. And I get it. But y'all did a lot. The presentation before the season was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Besides Prime getting a lot of the buzz, SC was getting a lot of buzz too. They was SC was getting transfers before Lincoln Riley even came over there. You see what I'm saying? Like then once Lincoln Riley got there, they, they that transfer reporter lit the hell up. You know, so and it just didn't work out that defense and they and the signs were shown week one, week two, week three, in the, in the very beginning of the season where they had shootouts. You know what I'm saying? They weren't dominant versus the team that they were supposed to be dominant against. And to lose to UCLA like that, like, we looked way polished. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. We looked way polished, didn't they? You know, as a former Heisman quarterback, Caleb did not look did not look the part. Outside of one play, um, he did not look the part. Now, as far as us looking polished, well, that's a rivalry game. I set all rivalry games to the side. Why? That's a more emotional game. Sometimes those clipboards is out the door and Cass is just playing football. You know, so I I I, I throw those out there because you can, you, Bama and LSU, both of them teams can go undefeated until they meet each other towards the end of the season. And that's a rivalry game. You know what I'm saying? Or Bama can be undefeated, LSU can be you know, having a losing record. Them, they, them cats can win two, three games a season, but once they get to that game against Bama, all hey, the records go out the window. I mean, it does matter because if LSU pick up that W, it messes up Bama's chances of winning a, a national, playing in a national title game. That's just an example. But yeah, these rivalries is different, bro. These rivalries is different. And honestly, because of the expectations for USC, and UCLA, uh, neither one of them teams are at where they're supposed to be. And I, I can honestly tell you that USC is supposed to be, uh, they're supposed to be ranked much higher than what they are. They're not even ranked in the top 25, but they're supposed to be somewhere in that playoff picture. UCLA, if I had to be completely honest, they're supposed to be outside, right outside that playoff picture. That's how good they're supposed to be. Uh, with the you know with Chip Kelly having come on I, I think this this is the if this is if I'm not mistaken this might be the fourth season we have winning seasons but it's not good enough because of his standards not because of UCLA standards as a football program but because of Chip Kelly standards that's why he got to go I mean it has taken too long for you to build what you built up in Oregon and you built it off of, off of the back and the athleticism of some of these players that was in our backyard. Now you're actually living in our backyard and it seems like you can't pull off some of the, you can't recruit some of those players. That's, 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 that's saying a lot. That's a red flag. That's a red flag right there. You know what I'm saying? So the Hatties eight win, nine win season is not enough. It's not, it's, it's not. And, 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 you know, these four, you know, losing, Chip Kelly to lose a game or two a season, 
I could handle that in UCLA. Because in Oregon, them, that nigga, they was running up shop. And Oregon is still Oregon. You know what I'm saying? After he left, Oregon is still Oregon. But, you know, heading over to the Big Ten, man, we we didn't, you know, I mean, obviously we got the W in USC, so we going off happy. That's that's basically our bowl game. Um, but both teams headed, both programs headed over to the Big Ten. It's not a good look how we're going over there right now. Or whatever, but you know, hopefully we get it together. That recruiting board has opened up much, much broader because we'll be playing a lot more teams in the Midwest and the East Coast. So there's that. But yeah, we did pick up the W. I mean, outside of me calling USC fans, uh, it was it, it was it was less clowning. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that much. <laughs> not that much. Not that much. Now, as far as uh, let's get to some basketball, man. Uh, trade rumors. I mean, you know what? Before I get to the NBA, let me do the. Let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and just talk about the the heartbreaking loss we had last night. Um, as my UCLA Bruins play Marquette, you know the the number four team in the in the country, man. We had a chance to beat them. We had a last second shot to tie up the game. We were up one. I don't understand why our guard backed up and allow their guard to knock down the three ball when they had just finished knocking down one of those. It's like why he gave him so much. It's almost like he rondoed him, and that was the dagger right there. Um, obviously, we did get a steal. We got a turnover, and we had a chance to tie the game, and it came up short. That was a heartbreaker, but I like the squad, though. We, this is the first squad that we've had in a long time that we had a front court that was pretty active. And 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 you know the athleticism of, of our front court is 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 crazy, right? We haven't had a presence like that for a long. Remember, uh, uh, Gazerik? Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like that. Even though he wasn't dominant, but he was active in that goddamn paint. Um, but it's still early in the season, so you know, looking forward to seeing my Bruins shape up and get ready for uh, you know that all that lovely month of March. Now on to my Lakers. Speaking of March, that'll be well after, well after the trade deadline, which is in uh, February. And um, a lot of buzz been going around about bringing Alex Caruso back. Uh, Zach Levine name has been mentioned and even Debo, you know what I mean? And so if you if you've been under a rock, just know that the Lakers and the Bulls have been in the in the same newspaper print for the past couple of weeks. Now, some Laker fans are saying, chill, like, we don't need to make any moves. We got to make sure everybody is healthy, and then let's see what we got. I'm here to say this. It is time to make a move. What move do we need to make as far as which player? I'm not sure. I like uh, uh, Zach Levine because he's a scorer, right? And also, uh, DeMar is as well. And obviously, we will all want Caruso back. You know what I mean? That's just a spark that we just need. That's our Bobby Jackson. Um, but overall, outside of them, I'm not sure who you would want to bring in. I just know we need a scorer. That's what we need. And here's a popular and maybe to some people an unpopular opinion. But AD should be in those talks. Now, again, it would be 
It'll shake up a lot of shit. I'm not at this point. I know some people are asking, but what do you what do you think you're going to get for AD right now? I don't know, but I know it's possible, if that make any sense. I don't have anybody in mind to trade for AD. I don't. You know, this is a different times, you know. Cats get traded right after they sign a max deal. So it's possible. It's not like he's not. His trade value is still high. It's just a matter of who and what type of players we're going to get in return for AD. And that changes the whole landscape of the offense because we want to run the offense through AD. And like people have said, which I agree, but it's just common sense. If your second best player on the team is not playing well, it's going to be very hard for you to get anything done. But what makes this a little bit different is not only does he have to show up, but he has to take a lot more pressure off of LeBron, aging LeBron. And that's where we have to just separate because we don't see him doing that. Not only that, we haven't seen him do that beat the number one alpha male ever. Yes, the numbers that he was putting up in New Orleans was phenomenal, but it was just stats, bro. I think he made it to the playoffs with New Orleans once, right? Um, that's it. So looking to him to, to be the leader of the team is just not going to work in that Laker jersey. Maybe another team, maybe Charlotte or, or something like that, but not with the Lakers. He hasn't shown it. Nobody has seen that in him. You know, we've seen him step up in the bubble. That's when he stepped up. You know, but even then, when he got hurt in the finals, it was, you know. So it's not about his skill set. And and truth be told, it's really not even about the mindset, even though I talked about leadership and taking over, because if you just stay healthy and do your and play your position, then Braun would just have to suck it up and, and, and pause. He will have to and, and and play well. You know what I'm saying? If his if his if his Robin is playing well, he has to play well. But if he's looking for Robin to turn into Nightwing and carry the squad, that's not gonna happen. We haven't seen that yet. People are asking, people are telling me the obvious, like as far as AD goes, that's how far the Lakers go. We know that, but what we're trying to tell y'all is he has never taken a team that far. Never. He just played his part. If you go back to the if you go back to the bubble finals. Bron stepped up, and then we had Caruso step up. You know what I'm saying? We had Cat step up in different moments. Rondo stepped up. You see what I'm saying? So, and Kuzma had his moments, but then, you know, we had other cats that totally disappeared. You know what I'm saying? We had cats that just disappeared and did not show up. KCP had his moments, you know? So, at the end of the day... We haven't had a cat that can consistently score. And that's where they're bringing up Zach Levine. You know, so my problem is they keep they keep involving Rui. I don't think they have to give up Rui to get uh, Zach Levine. I really don't. I think Caru- I'm not Caruso, but I think uh, Reeves has been on the clock. I think so. Though I think he's totally healthy, no, but I would, truth be told, I wouldn't want to lose Reeves, nor do I want to lose Rui. But it just depends on the type of player. It's not about, it's about the, it's, it's about the price. It's about the price of what I get in return. Okay. Most of these trades is never really equal. 
when it comes to a bigger, a big trade. I mean, you could do a, you could, you could do a even a balanced trade with just, uh, you know, uh, some cats off the bench. That's cool. That's easy to do. But when we're talking about a couple of starters, key role players, you know what I'm saying? Or stars, it can get kind of, it's going to be a little bit lopsided a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because some of those, and a lopsided, you might not figure out until the actual draft goes through because some of those are going to involve draft picks, which is unknown territory. You don't know what you're going to get. You just know the player that's going to be in that draft, but you don't know where those draft picks are going to land. So, look, man, I, I, I think... I think we have to make a move. We have to go get a score. That's that's what I, that's the, no doubt. What we're willing to give up and who we're willing to go after, blurred lines right there. So a lot of people are trying to say, "Hey, hold, hold, pump your brakes when it comes to uh, Zach Levine. Hold on, let's see what we got." But I don't think that's true. I think we need to go get a score. I really do. I really do go, I think we need uh, to go get a score. <laughs> And that's my take. Did I just talk about all my teams minus the Dodgers? Well, it's the offseason for, for, for baseball. But I just think I think I just breezed through all my teams, literally. Um, before I get up out of here, a uh, little messiness in the sports world, man. Brandon Ingram and uh um Anthony, um, young cat that play will play uh, does he still play for Portland? I got to see. Well, anyhow, um, yeah, there's some messiness when it comes to the league. Everybody knows that, you know, some of these chicks that they be messing with. I never really uh, – well, I, I'm, I'm not an NBA player, so I guess I wouldn't understand. But I don't think I need to be an NBA player to know that, hey, man, a lot of these chicks is just looking for a paycheck. And they stay messing with these paycheck chicks. They stay messing with them. So Brennan Ingram, baby moms got – is having a child with the young cat, Anthony. And it's like, she said, she hit the lottery twice. Two kids, two NBA players. That's, it's messiness, but it's like, hey, if they cool with it, if that's the, and, that, and it is their business. Hey, that's, it is what it is, man. I, I would just say this, man. You go find, go, go find you. Uh, uh, I guess it's hard for those NBA players. I think it is. But you know, I could I couldn't relate. I couldn't relate because I'm not an NBA player, and I don't have you know a thousand women knocking at my hotel door every night. You know, so I'm pretty sure eventually you're gonna let a couple of men. But you know, we've heard the stories about some of these chicks is just they willing they you know they get tossed around. But that's got to be that's something different. That's a different dynamic when it comes to the holidays. <laughs> All right, man, open run with BTG. Open run with BTG on the road this time, man. Um, yeah, we holla at y'all. Oh, get ready for these Thanksgiving games. Shout out to CP, man. Them, them Detroit Lions is doing well. I know I threw some shots on that Thanksgiving episode, but shout out to CP and those 8-2 and two line Detroit Lions, man. We got to watch y'all for the first time on Thanksgiving with a winning record. <laughs> I think they play who they play against, Green Bay? And I think I took I think I took the Lions. I think I took the Lions uh this week. Oh run with BTG, man. The gym is now closed.